a black mother is a place of power. A black mother is a place of peace. A black mother is home. A black mother is like a lot of things, you know, I could, I could like go on with what a black mother is. A black mother is safety. A black mother is wisdom. Um, a black mother is like, I don't know, like in, in a lot of ways, like the, our foundation. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to changing diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson. And as always, welcome. Let me be one of the first to wish all the moms out there a happy Mother's Day. You know, I especially want to shout out my wife, Sharice, and my own mom. We appreciate all you do, and we don't say it enough. You know, there, there just aren't enough words that we as fathers and partners can say to truly express our gratitude. As you all know, the focus of this podcast is fatherhood, but we're going to stri- switch it up today. To help me honor all the moms out there, I have a very special guest joining me, and I'm really excited about our conversation. I'll let her do an in-depth rundown of her background and career when I bring her on, but in short, she's a host of the N-Word podcast, which she describes as a podcast for the thinking woman. She's a well-known and respected voice on motherhood in the the digital space, and in getting to know her through our communication, she's just a really cool and down-to-earth person. So with all that said, I'd like to welcome Ms. Erica St. Louis to the Fatherhood Podcast. Erica, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. After an introduction <laughs> like that, oh my gosh, I feel famous. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my goodness. I am like, glad to have well, you. I am beaming. Well, I am beaming. I am beaming. Thank you so can, much, Shamar, for feel that. The, feel the smile through. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was falling asleep before... Um, we hopped on and um that introduction literally just woke me all the way up like i feel electrified thank you so much good, it good, is good. such an honor to to be on the fatherhood podcast and to just be part of this work that you're doing in the fatherhood space great great well tell our listeners eric a little bit more about yourself give us a a, a brief introduction okay well my name is erica st louis not st louis but <laughs> You know, I know we're in America, so it may take a while to adjust your tongue to saying St. Louis, but it's Erica St. <clears throat> Excuse me. Erica St. Louis spelled like Erica Badu. And I'm actually originally from Montreal, Quebec, which is um, a city in Canada. Um, so I grew up speaking French and English. And um, my parents are from the Caribbean. My dad's from Trinidad and my mom's from St. Vincent. But I mostly grew up with my Trinidadian cousins, and so I rep that island very hard. Um, but I moved here to the United States 10 years ago uh, for work and, and life, and yeah, it's been about 10 years since I've lived here. I 
had my one and only son in January of 2017. I was married at the time. Um, we are now separated. And so I have just entered single motherhood, which is like a whole new realm for me. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm a creative. I mean, like, I hate saying that that title, I hate that label because I believe that everybody is a creative. Like you, you really are. I mean, like that's what humanity is, but, um, we all have that skill and everything, but I am a person that has pursued a profession in communications, marketing, graphic design, all of that. So like to me, the arts, um, strategy, uh, for, uh, by day, I'm a digital communication strategist for a government agency. As, well, I work as a government contractor. Um, and it's so crazy because for such a long time, I was like, I would never work for a federal agency ever, ever, ever. Like, um, I was especially like that when I was living in Canada. So when I was living in Canada, I was very much like, I would never work for the government. Government workers are like this, 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 that. And, um, now I'm a government contractor, but I'm totally inspired by the work that I'm doing. Like, it just like hit me as a, like, wow, I'm enjoying this. This is cool. This is another part of society that, you know, is, is, is significant, is huge. Like they keep a big aspect of our world humming along. And so I just, I don't know, I have like this newfound respect for like government work, but that's a whole other side tangent. Um, that's all, awesome. <laughs> you know, Erica, you know, when I have my guys on, on, on the show, you know, I always mm-hmm. ask them, one of the first questions I ask them is what does uh, being a father mean to you? So I'll switch it up today. I'm um, having you on. Mm-hmm. So what does being a mother mean to you? Uh, being a mother means uh, being in a position of power, being, a, being in a position of great power. I really believe that motherhood is a place of power. And um, I hold that responsibility very uh, sacred and I take it very seriously. And, um, you know, it's, it's a place of power because moms shape the characters of children who then become adults, who then become leaders in society and um, contributors to our world. And so, you know, it's the great responsibility of mothers to, you know, form the, the, the child's character and, and value system and all of that stuff. And, and, and it's not even just like mothers who mother their own children, but mothers also mother other children, you know? So, um, motherhood is just a place of, of, of power. And that's what being a mom means to me. So you mentioned you growing up in Canada and I'm curious, Erica, you know, once you found out you were going to be a mom, who did you want to pattern your approach to motherhood after? Who were some role models maybe growing up um, in, in your professional career that that you want to say, hey, this is the type of mom I want to be like? Hmm, that's such a good question. Okay, so you're like not necessarily family. You're saying yeah, anyone, like anyone you looked at and say, I want to. This is who want to pattern my approach mom. to mom motherhood after. Okay, well, I think that. I I said to myself, um, I'm going to make my own pattern. I'm going to make my own like quilts, mm. my own mom quilts, but this is who I'm going to pull from because no one mom like for me represented like, oh yeah, like that's like perfectly the ideal. Like, you know, I mean like some have things that are like, wow, this is so magnetic, but others, you know, I don't know. I was, it's kind of like a, 
I pull from here and there. So obviously I pull from my own mom, right? Um, my mom is from, like I said, St. Vincent. So she has a very strong Caribbean culture. St. Vincent is a small island in the Caribbean and they're kind of like rural, like they're not rural, but I guess to other islands, they're kind of like small and just very more um, agrarian and like agricultural or whatever. So, you know, they're, um, they, they, their, their accents are heavier and like, they're just, their way of life is just a little bit different. So, um, I, I, I admired how my mom figured out how to pull her culture and adapt to this new culture in Canada. And I thought it was so cool how she's able to like jump from different groups. So I pull that from my mom, I pull like order and, and just kind of how you, make kids respect you. I pull that from my mom. But then um, there's a mom that really influenced me when I was um, a choir member in 2002. I was like from, no, no, not 2002. I think it was like 2006 till 2009. I forget the years, but anyways, I was in this community choir, this church community choir. And um, there was a mom there. Her name was Jackie White. And she passed away of ovarian cancer in uh, 2007. But she is she's she was my spiritual mother. I actually have her picture up in my home podcast studio because like she was my spiritual mom, um, and she's a woman who was magnetic and just mothered so many other people. That's what I thought was so powerful about her. It was like, she made everyone that she had a relationship with, like feel so individually loved. Mm -hmm. And so I said to my, I've always said to myself, like, if I ever become a mom, I want my children to feel like individually loved how um, Auntie Jackie demonstrated that to me. So yeah, it's a combination. And then my aunts, I grew up with a lot of aunts. And so like, there's so many of them that I just like, Ooh, I kind of want to be like that though. But I kind of want to be like her. Like I started wearing, um, I don't know if you know this, Ooh, sorry, my mic just fell. Um, I don't know if you know this hat style called ber like berets. Yes. Yeah. So, um, like, in like late winter, I started, I busted out the berets because I was like, yo, my hair is looking crazy. I have an aunt in Montreal who like, that was her signature style for years. Like she was all, she always was in like a nice wool beret and that impression stayed on me, you know? So when I was wearing that in this past winter, I was like, oh, I'm channeling Auntie Reva. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. how would she, how would she wear it? So um, yeah. Does that answer the question? No, like, and it was kind great. of like long, but that's great. I actually made a mental note now that I know that you're going to sing, that you can sing. We may have you sing oh. before we wrap up this, you know, this episode. So we're just going to hold off on that for a little while. Oh, definitely <laughs> not. I cannot <laughs> sing anymore. Oh no, the pipes are like <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so now that you are a mom, and going back to all those examples you just previously stated, how have you? How is how does motherhood? How has motherhood changed you? Um, and, and your approach to life. Your son is three now. Yes, he's three years old How now. Have you changed? Um, in those three years since becoming a mom. Hmm. Wow, I've changed significantly. I have become more fierce. I have become uh more resilient. I have become more vocal. I have become an advocate. Like I, I've never, I never saw myself as an advocate. I kind mm. of like Loki used to think people like that were kind of annoying. It's just like, seriously. I mean, just like, you know, let everyone <laughs> like, why are you so passionate about that thing? You know, like, just let it go. But I, I get that now, you know, I understand that. So 
what motherhood has done for me now is like what motherhood has done for me, period, is like as soon as you become a mom, as soon as whether the baby leaves your body or you bring that child home or whatever, like you become a mom. But I think really is it's it's incredibly powerful when the baby leaves your body. There's something about that moment. When the baby leaves your body, like you instantly change. You instantly change. It's just an instant. This thing is you, right? Like you didn't you didn't have the opportunity to like study to become a mom. It just is you. Um, and then, so like, there's this one aspect of society that you instantly understand you can relate to, but as time goes on, you recognize, like you realize, Oh, I could relate to the, the, the moms of two-year-olds or the moms of three-year-olds. Oh, I could mm-hmm. relate to that. Oh, I could relate to what they talk about with like potty training or this, or feeling like this, or thinking that, or letting yourself go. I could relate to these things now. And so, um, that's, I think like where I'm at now with what I'm realizing with motherhood, it's just like, or, or, or like how it's changed my approach to life. I've realized like you're constantly unlocking some aspects of society as you get older, as you get older, as your child gets older, as, as we mature, like we're constantly unlocking and learning more about this other part of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? No, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, so you mentioned becoming an advocate. What, what, what do you advocate for? I'm just curious. Well, my big thing is I'm I'm a huge like breastfeeding person. Mm. I'm also a huge like people need to read books, children need to read books. Children need to not just read books, but they need to be in in they need to live in print heavy homes. Right. They need to be exposed to a lot of print. So even if you don't even read to your kid, like your behind needs to be reading because your kid needs to see that. So I'm like very much an advocate for that. Very much like into midwifery and like home birth. I'm and my number one thing is I dream of the day that American women can get 12 months of paid maternity leave in this country. Like yeah. they could just be off for 12 months with their child, get some type of pay for 12 months and their jobs back, just like how they have in Canada. That's right. what I would love to see in America. So that's like my number one big thing. Um um, but yeah, like it's just turned me into like caring about things that, you know, like I knew existed in society, but I just didn't understand why people were so passionate about X, Y, Z. Like I never understood why people were so passionate about climate change. I get that now. I understand that now because I'm so passionate about um, motherhood issues. Um, and so I, I would say like, overall, my big passion is motherhood. I'm really, really passionate about motherhood and I'm especially passionate about black motherhood because I think it's a very unique type of motherhood. And, um, I want more of our experience to be out in the world. That, that, that's awesome. And it's a good transition because, uh, Erica, as you know, it's Mother's Day weekend. So first of all, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you um, so much. And, and as we approach Mother's Day, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, um, to have a, a perspective of a mom was what is what does Mother's Day represent for you? Well, to answer that truthfully, I'm still trying to figure out what Mother's Day represents to me, because I think that when you're a child of a young when when you're a child when when you have like children uh, like up to a certain age, Mother's Day is like they don't it, it's not about the child expressing to you their appreciation for your existence and all that stuff, right? Like you don't get that for a while. And so 
it's kind of like, okay, people around you saying like, happy mother's day, you're a great mom, you're a great mom. You kind of always hear that here and there. And so to be honest, I've been trying to figure out what does it mean to me? And I think I did like a podcast episode last year about it. I don't even know if I released it, but I know I at least recorded something where I was just like reflecting on what does this day even really mean? And I think for young moms, I, I, and I talked to another mom about this just the other day. She said the same thing. Like she hasn't really been able to fully enjoy her mother's day because she's still dealing with the babies, breastfeeding, doing this, whatever, washing diapers and yada, yada, yada. And having to honor the older moms. Yeah. Right. And so I think for young moms, new moms, mother's day is, is about, a, should be part reflection, you know? So you're reflecting on, wow, three years ago, on not this day, but like three years ago or whatever, like I, I became a mom. I became this new person. Like I need, it's important. I think for moms to reflect and, and, and in that reflection, they could think about the birth. They could think about whether they wanted kids or not, like who they've become. Like they could just, just think about themselves, you know? Um, but then the other thing I think that's important for young moms is to, to honor other moms for real, for real. Like, Talk about what moms do. Talk about the power of motherhood. Talk about, um, you know, how awesome we are and how awesome the moms before us have have been. So I think that's our job as young moms. I don't know. I don't know. Like, ask me at fifty, and I think I'll have a different answer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of that, um, how how have you evolved as a mom from you're not at year fifty yet, but from year one to year three? How has how have you evolved as a mom? Mm. I, I've relaxed more. I'm definitely more relaxed. I have way, I have less anxiety. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm feeling more settled in myself, more confident. So I, my confidence, my confidence levels have increased and my understanding that parenting is a long, it's a lifelong journey. I mean, you're a parent for as long as you're alive, pretty much you're always parenting. And so in the early days, it was like, everything was critical, urgent, like a big deal. If I'm not reading, oh, I didn't read a book to him tonight or for two nights in a row. That was so bad of me. Like my inner conversation was so poor Mm -hmm. in the, in the first year and the second year of new motherhood. I would say the second year is when I started to really transition and like do that work that got me to the place where I'm at now, where I'm like year three and I'm realizing, wait a minute, I'm being too weak. Uh uh-uh, uh, step up. Like, you need to be tough with this kid. Or moments of like, um, oh, you're channeling your mom. That's like a total, like, you know, like just being honest, yeah. more honest and chill, right? Um, or being honest when I'm like, I'm tired. It's eight o'clock and I'm tired. Go yeah. to bed. You don't have to fold those clothes. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Just go to bed. But like, year one or, you know, six month new mom, I, I would have stayed up late doing all kinds of stupid things. So that's how I've evolved as a mom. Yeah, that, that's great. And we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago on, on the phone. How do you avoid falling into the trap of feeling like you have to, you know, check off all these boxes that you see, you know, other moms do or that you read online, these, mm-hmm. these t- checklists that I have to get done? How do you avoid falling into the trap feeling like I have to do this, this, and this? I love that question because that's 
that's an important question that, and that question like needs to continue to be asked because it's an issue that continues to happen. I mean, like it's something that you're right. Like women really do fall prey to this like quite often. And it is the way that you like really frame the question. It demonstrates that, you know, you're, you're aware that like, this is a, is it on kind of an ongoing battle to be honest with a lot of women, but yes. How do I, how do I face that? How do I battle that? Well, I, I, I honestly acknowledge in a moment when I'm, when I'm comparing myself, when I'm feeling crappy, when I'm looking at someone's stuff, like I, I actually honestly tell myself, yo, you're doing that thing. Like, this is whack. What are you doing? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I, I check myself, you know, and I say, are you jealous? Is that jealousy? it that's not you don't want to be jealous you know like I kind of do that to myself um and then I also say that like I I mean a lot of it is inner conversation right like how you redirect yourself from going down a rabbit hole of poor thinking to a place of like no no this is empowerment like it's really about inner conversation and so yeah I, I redirect myself by like like I said checking myself but also um just pumping myself up, like, you know, saying, you're, yo, look, look at what you have. Be grateful, be mm-hmm. grateful for what you have. And when I start, I think like sometimes gratitude is, I, I don't even, I don't even want to be grateful sometimes. You know, sometimes it's like, I start, I, I, I say, I need to be grateful. I, I find myself slipping into, you know, ungratefulness comparison or whatever. And I start saying gratitude things and it's like the gratitude and the other side are resisting each other, but eventually gratitude takes over. And it's just like, man, I am so grateful. I am, I have so much. I'm so blessed. Like you're good. So that's, that's what I do. And I think, I think talking about it more, you know, it pe- people of our, like our parents' generation, our moms, they didn't talk about that, like comparison thing, yeah. you know, how, how progressive we are to talk about, we are so, you know, we're comparing so much and why do we do that? My mom never talked about that at all, you know? So, um, I also kind of sometimes laugh about it. Like, good look, Lord, look at us. Like even talking about this comparison thing. Yeah. And sometimes comparisons from, for moms and dads, you know, sheds a light on the insecurities that we may have, uh, individually. So, you know, what type it does. Of, what what insecurities do you have as a mom? Oh, so many. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, the big one is like that my kid is small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I'm like that thing is still. Every time I think that I've gotten over this like insecurity around his size, it just like comes back in my face. It tests me all the time, and it's just like, damn it it's still an issue. Like it's still an insecurity. So I have this insecurity that my kid is tiny and he'll get made fun of. And like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, like it's my fault. Like I'm not feeding him enough. I'm not doing it. Oh gosh. It's so, it's so insane. It's so annoying. Um, so that's a big one. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of anything else insecurity around. I mean, maybe it's not a big insecurity, but sometimes I wonder about how I socialize him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing again, that moms are like super responsible for like um, socializing their children and um, integrating them into society or like different groups and stuff and teaching them how to move. 
Um, and yeah, sometimes I wonder like, am I doing a good enough job? I don't know. Um, so I, yeah, I wonder about that. And then I also think about, I am not black American. I'm black Canadian. I'm black Canadian. Um, or, you know, like, just like how they have like Asian Americans, yep. I'm a Canadian American, you know, like I'm a type of American. I'm not like the real thing. And so sometimes I wonder like, dang, like I need someone, I need other people to, to, to really like give him that black American juice yeah, because yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> like, I don't have it at all. Like that's not what he's going to get from me. So someone else needs to give that to him or a few other people need to. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's awesome. Uh, Talking to Ms. Erica St. Louis today on the Fatherhood Podcast, host of the M Word Podcast. Be sure to check it out. And Erica, one of the things I've noticed on your social media platform is that you you raise this question about what is a black mother. So um, to you, a black mother is what? Mm. Wow. Ah, that's such a good question. I don't even know the answer, but if I had to just come up with an answer. I'll be honest. Like, I'm just so honest, like as you get to know me um, and I'm sure you get that from my page. I'm just like, I, I just cannot not be honest. I just have to be so honest. Yeah. You know, that's another thing I'm answer. I'm still sort of formulating like who is the black mother. Right. But like, to me, the black mother is, is a place of power, you know, going back to that whole thing earlier where we talked about motherhood is a place of power. I, I really think about black motherhood, you know, a black mother is a powerful woman. A black mother is a place of power. A black mother is a place of peace. A black mother is home. A black mother is like a lot of things. You know, I could, I could like go on with what a black mother is. A black mother is safety. A black mother is wisdom. Um, a black mother is like, I don't know, like in, in a lot of ways, like the, our foundation, you know, mm -hmm. our, the, the black mother really is our foundation. She grounds us. She roots us. And, um, you know, she, 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 she just gets that thing in us. She embeds like our code in us, you know, and she tells us who we are and, um, without her, like we'll be lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of dramatic, so, but like, it, yeah, I just, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's I'm true. sorry. I'm so, so melodramatic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from that, from your perspective, um, just talking about being a, a black mom and our previous um, segment about, you know, you being a Canadian uh, American. So your son is going to be a, a black American or a young man of color. Yes, in the United yes, States. yes. How, how, do, you, how do you plan to, mm -hmm to talk to him about some of the things that he'll deal with? How have you, how do you plan to approach that? You know, what thoughts do you have around that from the mom's perspective of raising a, a, a black son? I will give you a very practical way how I'm doing that. I'm not going to give you some philosophical answer. I'm going to give you a very practical answer on how I'm doing that. You know how I'm going to do that? Cause I'm so glad you asked me because I asked myself that question last year. And so this year I started getting the answer and the answer is girl, you need to read about racism in America. Let's just start mm -hmm. there. Educate yourself first and um, start stalking the talkers and the leaders and the thinkers and the speakers in black, um, in, in, in the black intellectual space who are talking about this stuff, study them and study their work. And so who I'm studying right now is um, Ibram X. Kendi. I don't know if I'm saying his 
name for him correctly, but are you familiar with his work? I'm not. Oh my goodness. He is like the king right now of like hmm. writing about uh, racial history, American racial history. Um, hmm. So he, I'm reading right now. Oh, what is the name of that book? I have two books by him. I have two Two of, the, two of his books. I think it's about three books. I'm going to his website really quickly because I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, but he has he has a couple of books, actually. Um, okay, so he, he has a new book that just came out with uh, Jason Reynolds called Stamped. It's for like youth. It's like a youth version to a previous book, which is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. But his very first book, which is what I'm reading right now, is called Stamped from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America. Um, and he, check it out. yes, you must check it out. And even if you don't even get to read it for like a while, have that book on your shelf so your child can see that book on your shelf. People coming through your house can see that book on your shelf. They can browse through it. They can thumb through it. They can pick something up. It's important to have it just on your shelf, period. Yeah, but please read it, right. right? Like, please read it. But it's such a good book. So that's my thing. Like, um, so he has several books. He is um, a scholar of um, uh, racial history in America, basically. And so um, he's sort of like on a tour right now of talking about, you know, different things in that vein. But I said to myself, like, I really need to know this thing, right? I need to understand the experience because even though I know, um, I know because my dad's a historian, he's a book collector. He, he, um, you know, he's just has so much knowledge about black history that I grew up learning about everything that's happened in America to black people. However, it's right. one thing to learn from a Trinidadian living in Canada, who's reading it in a book and also, you know, like he experienced things or whatever. It's a different thing to live in the United States and to talk to people and to read stories and like get things directly from the source. And so I said, I need to yeah. educate myself with um, racism in America and, and also learn how other black moms have taught their children about being a black boy in America. And then, put that all together and come up with my way. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. Well, that, that, that's great. You want to shift gears a little bit, Erica, you know, for the purpose of, of, of this, this platform and my audience, which is primarily fathers um, and, you know, sticking with the theme of Mother's Day, what is one thing or maybe a few things that, that we as men, fathers and, you know, partners miss um, when it comes to dealing with moms, it bothers you the most. Hmm. Um, that's such a great question. Thank you for asking that question because it shows that you know that we're bothered. <laughs> so thank you for having that awareness. Um, I think the thing that bothers, I would say that bothers us the most is like the lack of awareness of the amount of work that we do. Like it just, many women often complain about how their significant other, you know, um, to, w the women that I tend to socialize with, they tend to have husbands and, uh, you know, their big thing is like, he just doesn't know how much, like he just doesn't get it. And so it's mm -hmm. just like, if, like, if there's some type of way that 
there could be more understanding around the volume of work and the the multitude of tasks that moms are shifting from hour by hour, moment by moment, what they're constantly considering. Um, if men could just understand the volume of that and the weight of that, like man, it would it would it would help bridge an an understanding that's like just not there. So how do we get there? Like if you're talking to, you know, a room full of, of, of dads, you know, what would you, how would you explain to us for us to be able to, to get it for that light bulb to, to come on? I would say, ask her and keep asking her, ask her in a way, like really what you want to do probe, you want to find out what's going on in her inner world, like show interest in her inner world. And she'll like start to get, she'll start to. She'll start to see how like you're not understanding and then she'll figure out, okay, you're not understanding. Let me explain it in a different way. Like, but, she, but she'll see that you're coming at her not, like because you're genuinely trying to understand what she's doing and what she's dealing with. And you're trying to see, you're trying to see her. Right. And you can't just do it one and done. You have to make that a practice. Like I'm going to make it a practice to really like, how are you really doing? Like for real, for real, how are you feeling? Like, honestly, like, do you need a night away? Like, or, you know, or just like asking questions, like, do you enjoy doing that? Or, you know, did like just getting deeper with her about her as a mom, honestly, you know, I Mm -hmm. think like sometimes like we assume that, okay, women step into the role of, of mother and like guys respect it. And they're like, oh, she's so great. She's a great mom. And they praise her, but they don't like ever ask, like, did she ever really want to be a mom? Like, or what aspect of motherhood does she like absolutely hate? And is there any aspect of like mothering that she hates that I could take on that would make her life easier? You know, like if I was ever asked, is there something about like your role as mom that you want me to take on like what is it just name it right now i'll take it on oh my gosh i i I would like that would have just that's like a golden question ask that yeah how about this mother's day ask that (laughs) ask that okay i said a lot and like guys need like one order so that question that i just said like just ask her that okay Yeah, no, that's great. I think a lot of times what we miss is um, just assuming we make a lot of assumptions without asking those those necessary questions that that you outline Um, to take a step further, uh, Erica, what is the right support look like? And like, how can we support moms uh, during the pregnancy? um, Once the baby is here, you know, what, what does good support look like? for for you from a mom's perspective? I think first and foremost, a, a strong group of moms around her, number one, that's like always going to be important no matter what. And then the second thing is the right thing is what's right for her. The mm-hmm. problem is people don't, he- don't want to hear or respect what she's saying is right for her. It's not that... Sometimes it's that she doesn't speak up, but sometimes, many times, it's that when a woman says, this is what I need, she's not heard. She's like challenged, right? So I could say, okay, the right support looks like that, 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 that for me. That works for me, but that's not going to work for your wife. But I definitely know like universally women need women, period. Like, so if you notice that your 
woman is lacking some female friends or whatever, you get uh, figure out, get on a mission to fix that. Cause she definitely needs women around her. Even if it's like two, three, like, but she needs like other female hands. But in terms of let's just like other specific things, like you got to find out from her, she, and you, again, like it comes down to like asking her to straight up ask her, you know, it's yeah. a simple question that you could get. She already has the answer to that. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of touched on something I want to to piggyback on. Um, the group of moms, the, everyone has their mom friends, their their mom groups. Um, you're, you're very involved with the, the mom friends, which is a, a, mm-hmm. a very popular conference here in D.C. Um, so how mm-hmm. do you build a community of moms? Um, how, what advice would you give to to the moms who are listening and maybe the, the dads who may, you know, need to give their wives or partners a push to get out there and develop a community, to cultivate a community? How do you build that group? Mm, that's a really good question. And it's such a tough thing. I'll, I'll start by saying it's very challenging. It is really hard. And I think that it, I think that it can take years. So I'm also going to say that, like, um, be patient with how long the building of your mom tribe, um, takes of, of your village. It takes, because it, it, for some, it does, it does take a while. You know, some people move a lot. Um, some people, you know, have, uh, you know, are shy, whatever, like it's challenging. But I think some, there are different things that work. And I think it's important to try different things. Don't give up and say, well, I tried this. I I went to church. Like, again, like if you're, there are like real practical things that you could do literally like, okay, you could go to whether like a church or religious, like, um, you know, place that of worship at, even if you don't care too much for a certain aspect of the of the worship place, I'm just gonna say church in this case because mm-hmm. I'm a church goer. Um, if you don't say like the pastor, or you're like, ah, oh, the congregation's all right, but you know what? They have a good children's program there, and I really like how the kids are there. Whatever, I'm just gonna go just for my kid, and maybe in going there, I might meet another mom that you know, I could connect with. So you, like, you really have to kind of try different things. So you might do the church thing and be like, ah, that's not really my thing. It's not really working for me. Another thing that people have found really useful is like Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few like mom Facebook groups online and you start to connect online and then they trickle to becoming like an offline thing. So that's another um, way I say, I would say for like going about um, making, you know, mom friends. And then I think like, just, you have to be outside of your house. I mean, like that's, you, you could do the online thing, but you have to be outside of your house. Yeah. Go to the library, you go to the shopping mall. I met one of my really good mom friends at Montgomery mall. Do you know that mall yep. in, um, yep. I met uh, shout out to Kat. I hope she listens to this episode. <laughs> I'm going to tell her to listen. And I'm going to tell her husband, Phil to listen. Cause he's such a dope dad. Right. He's a cool, he's a really cool dad. Actually, he should be on the show, but, um, yeah, like we met at Montgomery mall and we're still friends like still really, really good friends. And we met at the mall and we just bonded off of, we met at Hannah Anderson shopping for our kids. (laughs) And, you know, so I think like, you just kind of have to put yourself out there and like, it doesn't have to be too much, right? Like when we say put ourselves out there, it doesn't have to be this big show. Like I'm stepping out so big, but make little efforts. If you recognize that moms can, new moms, especially, or introvert moms, like, or, or moms that become introverts, um, 
sometimes we like hide away in our routine in our homes. And so we're just like, no one ever sees us. Like I was dark for a while. Mm-hmm. If you talk to a lot of my friends, they'll be like, yo, we had, we didn't see Erica for like a while. We <laughs> never saw her because I just didn't go on the circuit, yeah. you know? And so, every, but every now and then I would pop in and pop in and pop in. And so um, just be gentle with yourself. Um, I hope that was useful. No, that's great advice. Great advice. Uh, so, so speaking of the, you know, the online part of it, as someone, you know, who has a, an online presence and a digital platform, are, are you ever hesitant to be so vulnerable in that space um, when it comes to you know, sharing parts of your life as it pertains to motherhood? Yes, all the time. All the time. I'm always wondering about that because it's, it's interesting that you ask that because I'm reading one of the books that I'm reading right now is called The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. And so there's like one part of me that's like totally on that side of like, oh my gosh, like don't put your kid's face online. This is crazy. They're like, no, this is bad. You know, oh my God. Oh, what am I doing for like, this is going to be bad down the road, you know? But then there's another part of me that says like that will take care of itself. And I really, I really feel called to this work. You know, this is an important work for me and I really believe that I was called to do it. And so um, I think that I, I just tried to stay a couple of things I try to do. I try to stay informed with like what's happening in security and data and yeah. privacy and all of that stuff. Um, and just, I, I kind of stay abreast with the trends and just kind of like get a, a pulse on what other people are doing. Um, and I kind of like follow in like, I guess the, the, the flock in that way. So I don't, I'm, I don't, I, I do, I am mindful of like how much I do share of, of his life and of him and stuff. Um, but I'm also like, okay, you know, bits and pieces here and there, little things, this is okay. It's fine. Like, you know, he might be proud to have this on the internet later on. I don't know. Like, you know, (laughs) the devotionals, like readings, for example, that I do with him, like, I'm like, okay, that's pretty safe. Like, um, but it's a challenge. I mean, I think about it all the time, so I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple more questions for you, Eric, and then then we'll wrap up. You know, one of the differences for you from the, the first year of motherhood to now is you becoming a single mom. So what what have you learned about yourself? How has that transition been for you going uh, now that you're a single mom to your son? Mm. Uh, the transition has been uh, challenging. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, that like, if I didn't say that, that would have been a lie <laughs> you know <laughs> a bull-faced lie <laughs> i don't know if you hang around like caribbean people at all but like they say bull-faced lie all the time so i would if i didn't say challenging i would have been lying um but definitely like you know challenging it's hard i i actually like kind of under i don't know it just made me realize like whoa like single moms like dang like it, it really is a whole thing yeah. like I think that's where I'm at now. I'm just like, whoa, like it really is. We, we must respect them, you know? And I'm still, I'm still, to be honest, I'm still like not even fully I, identified with the label, to be honest, to be really, really honest. Like I'm yeah. still like single mom, like what? I don't even know, like, huh? You know, I'm still like processing. What does that even mean? So, or or, like someone suggested to me, why don't you say solo mother? (laughs) And I was like, Ooh, I like that. (laughs) You know, cause I'm I'm co-parenting, definitely co-parenting, but like, 
uh, I'm also a single mom, like I'm mothering alone, you know? And so um, mothering alone is different than mothering partnered for sure. Mothering with a husband. Oh my gosh, such a big difference. Um, So yeah, like it's been challenging, but it's also been very, very rewarding in, in in the sense that it has taught me how much strength I have. And I'm so proud of myself for pulling deep within my well, pulling from deep within my well, you know, and and not knowing. And and it's like the same thing that women do when they push babies out of their bodies, you know, and the women that do it like unmedicated, it's like, whoa, you did that. You know, like I'm still in the initial like sort of transition from uh, being a, you know, not a single mom to uh, a two parent household to a single parent household. So I'm still kind of in that transition. And it's like, oh my gosh, like the transitions, it's a big transition, you know, it's really big. But at the same time too, I think that if you also have like a good uh, flow of communication and a good, good, just good communication with your former partner, that makes it smoother. And I will say that is a huge, huge plus in my case, like the communication is really solid and it's really like comforting in a way. So, um, I don't know, like it's, it's definitely an adjustment, but, um, yeah, it makes me just like have so much respect for single moms who've been doing it since the beginning of time, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Erica, last question. And I'll, I'll let you go. If, when, when moms come to you for advice, whether, you know, on your digital platform or at any conferences, when you're speaking, what is the one piece of advice that you always share with them? The one piece of advice that I always share with them is, um, what do I always share? Give me a second to think about that. <laughs> Um, I think I share with them, like, it's important to check in with yourself. Mm. You really have to check in with yourself. How are you really doing? That's a common theme that people would say Yeah, is that, how are you really doing? And if you're not asking yourself that, let, please let's end this conversation right now and go <laughs> ask yourself that. Yeah. I would say that's what I asked them. Awesome. Awesome. And I think that's that's a good place for us to put a bow in this conversation. Erica St. Louis, thank you so much Great. for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast. Before I let you go, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, where they can you know find you on social media, where they can listen to your podcast. So you can find me, um, first of all, the name of my podcast is The M Word with Erica. Erica is spelled E-R-Y-K-A-H. Um, and you have to spell all that out because you <laughs> won't find me. <laughs> Uh, maybe one day it'll be renamed, but so, so far for now, everyone loves the name, the M word with Erica and the M really just represents, you know, like motherhood and the, the complexities of it. And like, you know, all the different ways that we call mother, mother, and like, you know, just the whole package, but, um, that, yeah, you could find me on, um, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram at the M word podcast and also on my personal Instagram, which is at E St. Louis. And so I post a lot of IGT videos and stories and, um, I share books, book recommendations. Um, and I just kind of share like 
where I am in my journey. And, uh, you know, I, I post a lot of vulnerability and whatnot. So come find me there. I, I'm very active in my DMs and I would love to connect with some new fatherhood podcast listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting. I loved it. This was amazing. This exceeded my expectation. And thank you so much for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Jamar. I loved it. I want to thank Erica once again for coming on the, the show today and sharing some just some really valuable and great information with all of us. Um, you can listen to the Fatherhood Podcast. As always, you can find it on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. Um, if you like what you heard today and any other previous episodes, be sure to, to drop a rating and review on iTunes. You can find the show on social media at the Fatherhood Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to like the Fatherhood Podcast page. And once again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We appreciate you. We love you. We, we thank you for all you do. Until next time, I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is the Fatherhood Podcast.